Here we are at number 214th Street in Lansingburg. It's the Lansingburg Historical Society, which happens to be at the Herman Melville House. I'm so fortunate to have found you. And please, may I ask you to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is John Ward. I'm retired, and uh, I'm trying to give back to the community I grew up in. And you grew up close by. Two blocks away. And you never knew never, about this? Never heard of it. This, never heard of Herman Melville, not until I got to college. Uh, never knew that uh, Chester A. Arthur lived four blocks up the street. Never knew that Herman took surveying lessons and at the Lansingburg Academy, which became eventually the, the Lansingburg branch of the Troy Library, which I knew as a child. And I never knew that Chester A. Arthur, the former president, after graduating from Union, taught a law class at Lansingburg Academy. Fascinating. Yeah. I didn't even know. I'm, well, Melville wrote, you want to give us a rundown on what he wrote here. Uh, here? I know he wrote Moby Dick. But... Omu and Taipei were written here. Omu. O-M-O-O and Taipei. T-Y-P-E-E. Yeah, those were the first novels he wrote. And those consisted of his adventures in the Pacific whaling when he had joined a whaling uh, a vessel out of out of Fairhaven, which is right across from New Bedford, Massachusetts, a big whaling uh, port. So he was a whaler. Well, of course, yes. Moby Dick. Well, yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Wow. So he lived here with his mother, his, his mother, and his his siblings. There were seven, uh, eight altogether, including him. Yeah, they uh, they had originally lived in. Well, they actually were from New York City originally. But during the summers, they would move out of the city to get away from the heat and all the diseases. Uh, and uh, they had friends and relatives up here, so they would come up here and visit. They eventually started a fur cap business uh, in oh. Albany. Yes, they did that a lot. And in Catskill and up along yeah. the other side, too, in sure. the Catskill yeah. Mountains. Yeah, and they, uh, his father eventually dies in 1832, uh, his brother, his oldest brother, Gansvert, um, takes over the business in Albany. There's a fire. The business doesn't do well. The Panic of 1837. So uh, he declares bankruptcy in 1837. They move to here because the rents are much cheaper. Oh, right. there, there's a letter from his mother to her brother saying, you know, we're down to a half a barrel of, of uh, flour. Can you send us money for rent and food? Uh, his uncle was a, a banker in Albany. Mm -hmm. So the father... Alan. Alan, Alan. Alan. Yeah. He was without a job after his company burned down. His Well, he had, he had already died. Oh, he'd already passed. Yeah. 1832, oh. Alan dies. Oh, okay. okay. His oldest son, Gansford, takes over the business in 1832 okay. and then has to declare bankruptcy in 1837 okay. because of the, well, the, the Panic of 1837, which was devastating. Um, huge, huge losses. Uh, if you read about it, and it was really due to a fire in New York City, which burned down a lot of insurance companies and a lot of banks. It's not something like 45 buildings burned. And that contributed to the panic of 1837. 
And hence they moved up here. Well, it's not bad. He's got, you know, he's right on the river. It's a beautiful location. So how did they survive? Right. Well, they all tried to do something. Uh, Herman, when he was here, tried to teach school in North Greenbush and also heading over to Bennington. There's a big farm called Calhoun's Farm. and right next to Calhoun's farm, there's a historic marker that says, Herman Melville taught school here. So, oh, yeah. so it's an old, old building now, too. Well, no, that one's, it's gone. It's gone? It's gone. But the yeah. locations. The locations. Well, still, this yeah. building is fascinating, and we're standing in the dining room now. It's a pretty, yeah. pretty comfortable space in the table set here. I'm ready for lunch. I don't <laughs> think I'm going to get it today. I don't but, think so. But it feels so comfortable. Right. And there's yeah. a wonderful, you said, an Italianate... Um, Fireplaces yeah. that were added back in the 1860s right. when they changed the entranceway mm-hmm. and they changed the shape of the roof from uh, Dutch gambrel to uh, a gable roof. They added the front porch and turned that into the entrance. So was there originally a front porch that no. overlooked the... No. no. But no. they did have the space on the river. This, this river was... This was like the throughway. This was the mode of transportation for the river. F- the river, yeah, for goods and services. And all along here were shipbuilding uh, buildings, warehouses up the street at 116th Street and First Avenue. There's a brick house, and there is a tunnel underneath it to get to the river because these were all warehouses and all kinds of uses for merchants. And that's where they would store the goods. There's another house up at 118th and 1st, and that was owned by the Judsons. Uh, He was a coal and wool importer, and his office was across the street. So this was was not an elegant upper class no, neighborhood. No, it was a, a busy city street. It was a yes. Well, it wasn't all, a street, but all, a busy. All along the river was busy. Yes, yeah. As you go further up, houses became nicer. And then, if you notice, particularly in Troy, the higher you go, the nicer the houses are because this was all working class down here. And the river didn't smell so nice. Probably not. No. <laughs> Actually, as a child, it didn't smell great, particularly in the uh, summertime. Strange that, huh? Yeah. Well, one of my good friends had a boat. I had a car. We made a deal. I learned how to water ski in in the Hudson. (laughs) And you're still alive. I'm still alive to show, yeah. (laughs) Well, tell me, is there anything remarkable in this room I should take a note of? Yeah, here. Now, this bookcase right here. Boy, that's a beauty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, this was donated to us, uh-huh. and it was from the Pine Factory. And Pine, this was his factory. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, Do we know that building? Yes. Standard it's just Man- down the road. Standard Manufacturing at 121st Street. Yes. And 2nd Avenue, yeah. Oh, and that's it, where this was created. Is that carved? His name was Pine, and he uh, started as carriage manufacturer. But then when the collars and cuffs came in, his fort was merging all the small collars and cuffs producers um, until he built this huge brand called the Lion Brand. And they made collars and cuffs, pajamas, uh, night clothes, and that standard manufacturing. Now, his place on 2nd Avenue, 
across the street there, uh, on, on the same side as the Price Chopper and, and the former Burger King, which are both closed now, his home was called the Abbey, and it was beautiful. And that, uh, that's where this came from. Oh, it's yeah. fabulous. It's huge. It's, yeah, what, oh. about, about eight feet long and five feet, six feet tall with all the hand carving. Yeah. Big glass, big glass doors on it. Oh, lovely. Bookcases. Yes, these two bookcases. <gasps> oh, yes. On either side of the uh, fireplace. Now, that's when I said I thought that this was a door through and that they put a bookcase in front of it, but it's yes. not. No. <gasps> it's magnificent. Yeah. That's a good 10 feet tall. Yeah. Was that yeah. from the same man? No, no. These are from the Judson House. And the Judson House... Yes is right up here at 118th and uh, 1st Avenue. Well, Two actually, blocks yeah, from here. Blocks. But, yeah. but this was built after because you said this neighborhood was not necessarily a very grand neighborhood. Well, he wanted a place right by his business. He was importing coal along the river. And cotton. And, and wool, yeah. So he so this is took, a, took a risk. Yeah. Boy, is that house open to the public? No. It's owned by a... a um, recalcitrant um, landlord who... Is this a piano? Who doesn't make much attempt at taking care of the property. Oh, that's a shame. And he lives in Jersey. Oh, right. Now, this is a pump organ. It's this, great! Yes, it was built it's around the 1890s, 1890s, donated by two uh, members of, of our uh, society who were both retired from the, uh, the military. In fact, she gave us that to that lamp. Oh, the lamp is yeah. exquisite. Yeah. It's, it's not a Tiffany, it's hand-painted. No. It's not, and the pump organ's not working. One of these days we'll have enough money to, to get it fixed, and my wife plays the piano, so I know she can play this. So this is a call-out to anybody who knows anything about pump organists. Help us, help us, help us. Well, this is a magnificent room. Yeah. And uh, just wonderful that you've been able to preserve it and keep it open to the public. Well, it's tough. We try to uh, we try to maintain it as, as best we can. Something, eight, you know, a seventeen eighty six house. Something's always breaking down or happening. So, well, it's still standing. Yeah, right. Seeing the. Well, this is magnificent. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here. Check Sorry. out our check out our, our Facebook page and check out our. We have a website, Nancy McGregor Historical and our Facebook page. This has been Andrea Kundler for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.